Hey, Henry, I've got a great joke for you. Oh my gosh, tell me, what is it? How do you know when a party is for a gamer? There wow. are tons of streamers. <laughs> oh no. Dale said another bad joke. Should I laugh or not laugh? If I don't if I don't laugh, she'll be sad and the vibes will be bad. If I do laugh, I'll have to keep suffering through the jokes and I don't know if I how much longer I can do it. Okay, I know what to do. <laughs> oh my god, Dale. Sorry, I didn't hear that. Um I think my like speakers are off, or maybe you were muted or something. <laughs> anyway, it's time to start this week's episode of Easy Mode. Welcome in, everybody. My name is uh, Delate Dale, and I tell great jokes despite what Henry says. And I'm Henry, and I agree. Oh, okay. I wasn't expecting that. And this is Easy Mode. Yes, where we're talking about the choice. The choice to laugh or not to laugh. The choice is the yours. Cho- or yeah, is where it? this week we're going to be talking about um, cho- moral choices in video games, mm-hmm. Um some games where the choice is very present. We're going to be talking about some research and studies done across um, what do moral choices mean? What do the choices people make mean for mm-hmm. like reality um, and like what consequences or non-consequences they have? Yes, um, this is a very thought-provoking episode. And so if you would like to be part of the discussion, do connect with us online. We would love to know how you choose in games um, because Henry and I are actually div- divided on some things and you'll you'll find out in the later in the episode. Yeah, just like math, we're divided. Ooh. Um, <laughs> but we're going to go ahead and get started. We're going to make the choice to get started yes, with this week's episode. Yes, I was about episode. to say, Henry, should we, is the choice? Do we say yes? We say yes, but we'll have to wait and see what the consequences are. For almost as long as we've been alive, moral choices have been active in video games. Um, Even as early as 1994 in the Super Nintendo game, Super Metroid, which we all love, where, and I never knew this because I didn't play Super Metroid back in 1994, um, but you had to choose at the end of that game whether you were going to save the animals that helped you throughout the story Mm -hmm. or if you were going to leave them there to perish. Oh, what? Did you play this? Did you play it? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Because I'm going to say. Yeah. Since and then not too. That's wild. Okay, continue. I know. And then not too long after Chrono Trigger was released on Super Nintendo mm-hmm. um, in 1995, so the next year, and obviously Chrono Trigger, big, big, fantastic, well-loved game, one of the best, well-respected RPG creators in the game, um, in the industry, um, also created Dragon Quest Land, Final Fantasy series, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, but they added choices in the game to where Chrono Trigger in 1995 had 12 different endings that you could do. So like for in the 1990s, like that was a big deal for a video game at the time. 12 different endings? Oh Mm -hmm. my God. Yeah. Where, I mean, like even if you think of this day, um, Elden Ring has like four or five different endings. I I will say Um, I love when games have multiple endings. I love multiple endings too. That replayability and then the choices matter. And then if you mess up, you got to start over. Okay. What's that always was, hard for me is when, like, an ending's hard to get. I'm like, well, I don't know how to get it. I was yeah. like, I only got to where I was. Before walkthroughs were a thing, how did people I figure know. this stuff out, honestly? Um, but now we have so many games that have a lot of choices um, and mm-hmm. options. Like, the Dragon Age franchise, like, entire franchises, where that's sort of, like, a, a basis around a lot of the yeah. game impact and playing. Yeah. Um, Skyrim, obviously, being one of those. Fallout franchise, especially Fallout 4. Um, they've also improved and improved on decisions. Mass Effect... 
um, Beyond Two Souls, the Life is Strange series, Assassin's Creed, yeah. um, and Fable being one of the most notable ones, especially for choices. However, um, I didn't remember this until we were looking into this episode, but um, I did read and I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of right. And I was like, I guess that's kind of disappointing. In Fable 2, um, no matter what choices you kind of made, you ended up at the same sort of good ending at the end of the oh. story. So I was like, oh, I that, don't want that. I don't like that. But um, I do remember. I did. I do remember Fable Three very thoroughly, and I worked so hard for the good ending because they did have different endings. You did have to make a lot of choice, mm-hmm. and if you wanted the good ones, you had to like really grind for gold, and you had to like really get all these, um, do all these extra things at the end of the game. And I made sure I did it because I wanted the good ending. And he's a good because I didn't want them because I was like the king or whatever at the end of the game. I do want to so, say that like. That's so silly about Fable 2. You have, everyone has different choices regardless of the choice. It's the illusion of choice. The now, illusion. Now, before we started filming, I was like, do we really have choice? And you're like, what is this moral question? I was we like, go we're not having it? an existential crisis But then you episode. talk about Fable and it didn't even matter. In the end, there was only yeah. one thing outcome. I don't like that. Because at that point, but I was so frustrated. That maybe is just bad game design a little bit. <laughs> but, maybe there was that. Um, <laughs> Fable 3 was great. I worked hard for that good ending. And if it, if it wasn't... If it wasn't true, um, don't tell me. I don't. I don't need that <laughs> illusion of choice broken for me. Oh, don't tell. Um, but it's also really fun how a lot of different games, like the choices, um, sort of impact and work in different ways, or even present to you different ways. So, like mm-hmm. in Skyrim, you like actively make a choice, and yes. that affects like the direction of your story. Sort of, sort of like that narrative direction, um, yes. where you it leads you one way or another. You align with certain factions and whatnot. Same with like Dragon Age um, and those kind of games. Um, I love talking to people who play Skyrim because they've done quests that I've never done and vice versa because I, I, I you only you always play good but I've always tend to go like the evil route because why not it's a video game um, and in Skyrim especially and we talked about this but there are some things that you can't do in the game so then they create yeah. mods so that you would be able to do yeah. it yeah get those annoying yeah. kids get those kids um, they're so rude they make fun of you they really are um. rude like they deserve to be taught a lesson in the game and then Yes, in the game, of course. <laughs> Be- and then beyond the larger um, sort of scope of things is that so like a game is like Red Dead, Redemp- Red Dead Redemption or mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto. Um, you know, you have those larger overall story impacting choices, but then you also have like kind of a kind of an, an honor system. Yeah. Um, where your um, your like even smaller or minor actions affect how people respond to you or yes. uh, like um, perceive you and it affects your relationships and that sort of a. It's an interesting sort of like if you're going to make bad choices that may help you in the game, you may be perceived differently by like all the NPCs in your overall environment. So like something benefits, some losses, um, you know, depending on what you do. I know we didn't talk Um, about this in in our script here, but in Cult of the Lamb, you do make a choice with the different doctrines and whatever mm -hmm. you choose. It's how the um, your cult sees you. Do they see you as weak or do they see you as like someone that they fear? I just wanted to add my little sense there. I also beat the game, so love it. <laughs> Proud of you. Love it. But yeah, you. there's a sort of like a, you know, games that affect like your perception. Mm-hmm. But then there are even games that are like how your play style as like a gamer itself really affects it. And I thought yes. the best sort of representation of that was like Dishonor, Dishonor 2, where like if you are super, super stealthy and kill less people, the plague spreads less and like overall mm-hmm. the environment and everything and your reputation as like a, Oh yeah, wasn't there something like that too also in Bioshock where you can choose to like harvest the girls and then you'll like, uh, what is it, um, level up faster or you can choose to just save them? Do you remember that in Bioshock? Yes, there's like yes. The, the sister, I believe. The sister. I forget the name of 
yeah, something like oh, that. I actually, that's I like one of the most difficult choices in gaming, I think. It's, people, it's always like on people's lists. I felt so silly because in the beginning, I'm like, I'm going to save them. But then I was like really bad with my strength and stuff. So I started harvesting them. And then I thought to myself as like a little kid, I'm like, why did I save them if I was just going to kill them in the end? Like oh I had this gosh. really big moral dilemma. Like, why did I do that? It's a game. But yeah. I know. So like they can affect like how you play. So like playing mm-hmm. stealthy, but then also like they can make your game easier or harder. Yes. Um. And also like world environment. It's just so interesting. There's so many different ways. But like you said, um, you could easily kill them and make them bad choices in video games. I cannot. Yeah. Um, I do have a hard time like being bad in video games. I like you know how many times I've started Skyrim and tried to align with the um the storm cloaks and I'm just like <gasps> The Dark Brotherhood and stuff. Oh, <laughs> or the, the Dark Brotherhood yeah. or the Brotherhood of the Thieves. I'm just yeah. the thieves guild. I'm like, I can't. You become an assassin. You you become you really can. desensitized because you're like, well, this is my mission. I Not tried. Me. See, I did the Dark Brotherhood line, and I was like, I have to kill this person, but they have a family. But I'm like, I have a mission. Like, I try not I to actually. Mission. This is so cold, but I try not to like think too much about the person that I had to kill in the game because then I got really yeah. sad. Well, also they make it hard. They're like they make it hard. Like when you're like sneaking up to kill them, you hear like a sad story. <laughs> I know <laughs> they really do. They really do. And actually, that leads to this this next part. Um, why is it so hard to be evil in video games? For you, you have a really hard time um, going the dark route, you know, come to the yeah. dark side. We have cookies for myself. I always in real life, I'm kind of like a goody two shoes, follow the law. Sometimes I won't even jaywalk because I'm afraid. Um, but in video games, it's like not a control. It's a controlled environment. But also you just have like freedom to just do whatever you want. You can create the chaos that you want. However, studies have shown that it is actually harder for people to be evil in video games. And I read you a little bit of a blurb here. So as games have matured, morality systems have grown more complex. And many developers, yes. they don't give you the option of taking the high road anymore. So sometimes there's this gray area and you can't actually see what's right. So it might be choosing the least bad path versus the good path. So, you know, like sometimes you're like, oh, this is which is the lesser of two evils. Like both choices suck, but which one sucks yeah. less? And the gray area, especially for games going forward, the gray area is where like the meat and like the whole like questioning, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right? There's a lot of question. There's a lot of depth to it. And I really like it, but it also gives me some stress. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I think maybe we're realizing, especially like in tropes and video games, mm-hmm. everything is not as black and white. Like there's no. no superhero that where their actions don't really have bad consequences for everyone. Yes. Everyone's um, got a secret. So- Everyone's got some dark side yeah. that they're hiding. And just a choice sometimes is just like the lesser of two evils. Yes, exactly. Or not. Or they're just both awful. Oh, but they both may just be awful. You have to live with that yeah. choice regardless. That's something yeah. that you have to carry in these games. So in an interview with Megan Stark, she's a senior narrative designer at Obsidian Entertainment. So they're the game studio behind games like Outer Worlds, Tyranny, mm-hmm. and Fallout New Vegas. Um, she says that if the choice is always easy, it becomes boring and also causes us to spend a lot of time developing content that no one's going to experience. If we make the choices shades of gray or types of good to neutral or low stake jerkish, players are more likely to weigh the pros and cons of each and select more variety in the options. Uh, and then I, when I read this, I was thinking, you know what? Have you ever played the game that's um, the prison game, a No Way Out, A Way Out, where you're like, you have to play with somebody else and you have to escape a prison? Yeah. The choice is there. You have to decide as well. And there was, there's a gray option. And I just remember the impact that is still left on my brother and I. Um, we both really did have to weigh the pros and cons. And I think that's kind of funny in like a video game where you're having to analyze everything that you do. 
Um, so no one is allowed to say that video games don't have depth to them because sometimes I might need to write in my journal after I beat a game. <laughs> you know? oh, I mean, that's really funny because like we, so I was playing plate up, plate it up the other night. It's just oh, like a yeah? little kitchen cooking game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even that game had a choice and it's not even that it felt good and evil necessarily, but like one was like, the choice was, oh, you cook this and make more money, but it's harder to cook it. Or yes. you're, this is styles like, or you choose this and it's, it doesn't get more difficult, but you don't necessarily make as many earnings. Like there's like these like choices yeah. where it's like you choose to make things harder for yourself or not. Yes. And, like, you and then you always benefits. wonder the, what if I chose the other one? What would have happened? Yeah choice um so a baylor university study researched how people approach moral choices in video games and they focus on three really big scenarios the first being the infamous no russian mission from call of duty modern warfare 2 yeah, where you're part like of a one. terrorist group and you choose to slaughter innocent civilians at an airport kill only guards or choose not to shoot at all the second scenario was power of the atom mission from fallout 3 where you defuse the bomb for a small reward or detonate it and destroy the town for a big payout okay and the final one is the free labor mission from Fallout 3 where you kidnap or spare a baby. Fallout 3 does have such heavy Fallout things. probably has some of the hardest choices in, no. out there in games. What do you think the results were, Henry? Do you think people tended to do uh, tend to go more good or bad based off of that? Um, I don't know. I mean, based on like us as if we were like a collective study, like, I mean, just between the two of us, it's like half and half. So it's just like... And Not. that's actually what the results were. It said just as many people. <laughs> no, you really can't be. Just as many people opted for the evil as good. According to Daniel Schaefer, the associate professor in the Department of Film and Digital Media at Baylor University, roughly 49% of people who chose the good path were morally activated, which meant they felt empathy for the non-playable characters. You know, NPCs, we love to trash them. Like, what an NPC. Look at that NPC. Yeah. But they feel a lot of guilt at the prospect of doing evil or were trusting their instincts on what felt right. And those who did not, the ones who chose the evil route, they fell in line with Albert Bandura's notion of moral disengagement, which is when uh, people suspend their usual ethics to act against their moral standards without guilt or shame. They did it because, you know, it's just a game. Um, so the act really had no moral weight. And other justifications for why they did that was that they were only following orders, adhering to the game rules, and doing what's necessary to survive to complete a mission. So, like, that is my That's mentality. That's you. That's your reason. And then you were the first. So, like, 50-50. Um, it was really funny because, like, even though, like, I won't make the choices, I will go online and watch what happens if, Me like, too. Uh, for the choices <laughs> Me I didn't too. make. I'm like, okay, what would have happened if I did that? But now I don't oh. have to make it, so it's just there in a video for me. Quick pause here. If, if To the listeners, let us know what you would choose. Do you tend to go more good? Do you tend to go more bad? Um, one thing to add, though, is if you have too much choice, it can lead to choice paralysis. So, like, you know, when you go to a restaurant, yes. you have well, that menu. What do you get? They come back, like, give me five more minutes. Give me five more minutes. I have yes, such like, bad choice paralysis. RPG, the TTRPG games, especially, like, in conversation discussions. Yes. When, like, conversation, you have to, like, guide a conversation with, like, a million choices. I'm like, oh, my God, at this point, like... If it's not like the like the point of the game I'm playing, so like you know, obviously there's like romance games and like novels where you like it's all choices, the conversation. Yes. yes. But I mean, there I'm like fine. But if I'm like playing like a game that's like a a shooter or adventure, and I have to go through like thirty difficult like yes. conversation discussions, and I'm like, I don't know. At this point, I'm just like, I don't know how you're gonna react. I I, I, like, I, know. I can't predict that. Too so much just like, choice, and then at yeah. that point, you become desensitized to it, and you just don't care. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, well, whatever. I was like, yeah. I can't, like, especially, like, you have, like, six, like, 
um, like response options and like, oh, they're going to love this or they're going to hate oh. this or they're going to feel neutral. This I'm like, OK, give me a 50 50. That's all I can. Do. I can't That's control can how they're going to feel. Let's just go. <laughs> Flip a coin if you can't decide. Um, what's funny you say desensitize. I actually um, was just reading about um, an article about a game that was produced um, in 2019. And it's really brought up the question of like, can video games make people more empathetic? Mm. Um, which is sort of, you know, the opposite of what people usually think when playing video games. Yeah. But like, obviously, there ha- you have to have, especially with the moral choice dilemma, you have to have um, some empathy sometimes that plays into your decisions and um, like what decisions you make. So um, in 2019, researchers from the University of Wisconsin-Madison um, created a game called Crystals of Kador. And they the purpose was to see if students, uh, if this game would boost empathy in middle schoolers. Um, oh. This game was created by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and over a two-week period, the students were broken up into groups. One played Crystals of Kador, and the other played this other RPG called Bastion of Super Gi- called RPG Bastion. Um, it was from this company called Supergiant Games. It's commercially mm-hmm. available and open. Um, and then um, the study found that the games that was designed to like increase empathetic accuracy um, did. Um, oh. So they found like the students who did play that game ended up making more. Um, empathetic and kinder decisions um and that just like going through that experience like shaped them uh, i think they played for about um six hours uh, oh. of gameplay and they noticed changes with just even like a minimum amount of um like time so like they wow. saw very quick like turns around so th- let me tell you about the game itself the mm-hmm. game is called uh, the game crystals of kidor it's a non-violent game so there's no battle and it has the players controlling a group of robots who land on a distant planet and they have to help the aliens with various tasks um, through nonverbal com- communication. So super, super interesting factor there. And the way it's driven is by um, the aliens are given very realistic and expressive um, facial expressions that convey the emotions to the player based on what the player's actions are. Wow. Um, so the game rewards the players for helping. Um, and since because there is a language barrier, they can only communicate through facial expressions and human-like emotions. Uh, people really found they found that this was a way for them to teach empathy. And you, the emotions and the expressions and like the that person suffering is you know because you understand like the facial expression. There's a sense of communication there, and maybe most people do have a sense of empathy. So like you understand that someone's going through something you're going to respond appropriately. You know, this should have been available when I was a kid because I feel like my bullies could have learned some empathy and not believe me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, oftentimes, it's, I mean, is it nature? Is it nurture? Um, yeah. A lot of time it's like nature. And then, you know, this shows like... And how you know, cool that it just, shows like, that video game. games can bring empathy to and help children. Because, you know, um, there's that whole stigma around video games just promote violence. Like, remove video games from your children. Put them, give them, go to church. It's... No, no, no. I think it's yeah. the type of, and, and it, of course it is, it's the type of media that you consume. And it is up on to the parents as well to how do you want your child to turn out, right? Yeah. And if you're giving them like these violent games that, you know, have these very dark choices that are clearly 18 plus, that's on you, not for the kid. Yeah. Anyways, a little bit of but, a tangent, um, but. But yeah, no, you're actually right. So um, in looking for how it, video games can create empathy, I wanted to look up. There's still actually no... Since 1970s, video games have sort of been... People have been like, these are bad for kids, these are bad for whatever. Um, but to, from the 1970s to this day, there's still no evidence that video games um, create or induce violence. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a, like, a distinction I do want to make here because um, 
I do want to say it's violence. It's sort of like physical acts of aggression that affect people physically. Um, there are studies that show that video games can lead to more aggressive vocal behavior, however, not into violence directly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously we get like a lot of video games and like video game has sort of like a toxic culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of aggression and vocal aggression. And there are some like links and like connections to that. But honestly, not it's not like major, major impact, mm-hmm. but none to violence to this day. So super interesting. Yeah, no, that is, that's very interesting. Share yeah. this with a parent. Let them know that their child can be very strongly empathetic if they play crystals. That's what was it right. called? Get crystals your... of Kador. Yeah. Very, very exciting. I mean, that was of 2019, so pretty Yeah, pretty that's recent. so recent. COVID babies, they need to learn this stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, everyone. We had to make the difficult choice to end this episode. We've reached the end. It was a very difficult choice. Because, yes. you know, both extroverts, we do love to gab. But do we you do like talking. to listen? So we had to put that into mind. Um, but thanks everyone for hanging out today. I hope you make the choice to come back for next week's episode of yes. Easy Mode. And you make the choice to listen to any episodes you've missed. Um, but other than that, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This has been a very um, interesting moral I love this week. I love episode. this week's episode. Yeah, there was very was thought-provoking. Um, yes, and until next week, we're going to keep the choice to keep it easy. Mode. Bye, everyone. <laughs>